Okay, so again, this is uh, the problem is we're still between recorders. The fancy recorder broke, the new one's in the mail. So we got a couple of weeks of this. And uh, it's just so weird because I can't, just because I'm recording on a phone, I can't put headphones in, I can't hear myself. So quick apology last week for any of our <laughs> weekly listeners that the sound started off okay because I was doing what I'm doing right now. Like since we're recording on a phone, I just didn't think that, you know, it's designed to be right next to your mouth like a phone receiver. I was holding it like our old recorder. So the sound got worse and worse as that episode went on because my hand kept drifting. So I'm going to have to cram this right in our face. So don't, uh, I might seem rude that I'm <laughs> just throwing this thing directly next to your mouth, but I think it'll sound okay as long as I do this. And the other thing that's weird, so we get pretty consistent numbers on our podcast, but YouTube is just, you know, it's totally up and down. Who knows? You know, like uh, Perry Mason got 10,000 views, but Codco everybody who listened to that episode could fit in this room, you know, <laughs> like it, you never know. And just by random happenstance, what we did last week that, uh, it's about time show about the, uh, the Gilligan's Island pseudo spinoff. It just all of a sudden YouTube was like, yeah, let's show that to everybody. So it got like over a thousand views. And I was like, YouTube, why, why would you do that on the one where the sound is so bad? <laughs> well, and the show was not, and the show's nothing great to write about either. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, people, they didn't seem to mind too much. They were pretty kind about the sound. Very few thumbs down. So that's nice. And the comments were mostly that people remembered liking it, but they were very small. You know, they're like, oh, that was my favorite show. And as a kid, the one comment that really cracked me up, though, was the guy I sent you earlier in the week where he's like, ah, that theme song. I almost had it out of my head and now it's back. Because I like to imagine that literally. Like, imagine that show went off the air in 1967. He'd been gradually trying to forget that dumb theme song ever since. And he was almost there. But then he sees our YouTube video and he's like, ah, what's the harm? It's about time. I remember that show. I'll click on that. And then it's about time. It's about space. And he's like, ah, damn it. His <laughs> earwig is back. For this. Oh, that's the other thing that was weird. Yeah, it's also weird to get uh, so many views on an episode that sounds bad in the show that we hated. But that's just how it is, man. Who knows? It's a roll of the dice. But speaking of that show, because the way we found out about that show is it's one of these like top 10 obscure shows that you don't remember, you know, one of those things. That's how it's always listed. And as I was looking it up last week, I saw on a similar list of 10 shows that you didn't remember this show called The Occasional Wife that was from that same year, 1967, I believe. Maybe it's 66, but that's the thing. The point is I don't know yet. Because usually I do a bunch of research on these shows, or a bunch. I do some research on these shows. So I come in knowing what's happening. But I thought maybe just to try something different, it's kind of fun not to know. You know, like if you can ever manage to see a movie blind without seeing the trailer and you don't know what's going to happen. And it's like it's a, it's a more interesting experience. So instead of looking up the stuff about this show, I just grabbed the first two episodes. And I thought, why don't we watch one? And all I know about it is it's called The Occasional Wife, which who the heck knows what that means. It came out in the late 60s. It is a forgotten TV show. Oh, and that's why it stood out to me, too, is they specifically mentioned that this was one of the first examples of a show that didn't use a laugh track. And, you know, laugh tracks come up a lot when we watch these old shows because sometimes they're very natural and they kind of add to it. And sometimes they're just it just they're overbearing and really annoying. can't. They're very annoying. And, and I thought that was interesting because I haven't looked into the history of laugh tracks at all. But 
my idea of when I think of the first show I remember being aware of that didn't have a laugh track was the Larry Sanders show because it came out just a little bit after Seinfeld and kind of had that similar vibe. It's a lot like Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's an HBO show and it didn't have a laugh track. And I thought like, okay, in the 90s, the early mid 90s, they were starting to experiment with no laugh track. But I was way off because they were doing it in 1967. So I thought that might be interesting. But also just as an experiment, I thought this week, let's watch an episode with knowing nothing. And then I'll take a little 10 minute research break and go look up what the heck this show actually is. And then we'll watch the second episode. Fair enough. Let's go. All right. And again, if something goes horribly wrong with the sound, uh, I apologize. (laughs) You know, we'll get through this together. But I think this should be a little better than last week. Oh, and I just got these off YouTube if anybody wants to watch it. The Occasional Wife. I think the first four episodes are on YouTube. There are eight million stories in the naked city. Some are violent, some happy, some sad. But one of them is just plain cuckoo. Okay, occasional wife. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I won't do this again next week, this uh, going into the show blind thing and researching it halfway through the day, because it just it doesn't really add that much to not know the premise of the show. <laughs> you know, it's not like so exciting. But, uh, but let me just read that off first before we talk about this show. Occasional Wife is an American sitcom which aired on NBC from 1966 to 1967, The lead character was Peter Christopher, a bachelor who enjoyed the single life, but was blocked from professional advancement by not having a wife. Peter's boss, baby food manufacturer Max Brams, was, because of his product, a strong believer in marriage and family. Christopher asked a young hat check girl, Greta Patterson, to pose as his wife at company functions. In return, Peter set up Greta in an apartment two floors above his own in a Manhattan building. Greta would use the fire escape to slip into Peter's seventh floor apartment from her apartment on the ninth floor whenever his boss would drop by unexpectedly. So, yeah, I mean, because that is what happened. That's just what happened. Yeah. So we were watching this and thinking like, you know, again, like how it's about time. Very thin premise. Like, okay, you're, you're talking to monosyllabic cavemen what, every week? Same thing here. It's like, okay, it's a little bit, you know, it's got that 60s zany sex comedy vibe. Everyone's got this, the 60s clothes, which is really cool. It's got that 60s pastel coloring, which is really cool. The whole show felt cool. Like I should be enjoying this. But that was the whole premise is just, oh, the boss is coming over. You got to pretend to be my wife. Oh, but there'll be that little other slip of the other girl that really wants to marry Peter. She's on the scene too. Right. So there will be conflict there, obviously, for every blessed episode. Yeah, like, I wished I liked it more, I guess. It's just because, like I showed you that trailer for that movie, uh, Down With Love, the Ewan McGregor movie with uh, Renee Zellweger, Bridget Jones or whatever, because it's so similar. It's like a 60s era zany romance thing. But I love that movie. That movie's great. Where this was the real thing. I'm like, oh, this is what that movie's referencing. This is an actual zany romantic comedy of the era, but it's just boring. It's just nothing. Like, Well, and as I told you when we were out, the pacing seems a little off. It's almost as if it was intended to have the laugh track. 
Yeah, so that's where I'm curious. I was hoping there'd be more information about that. I'll get into after whatever little information I could find. But I think that's the problem with these uh, forgotten shows is they're so forgotten that no one has written about them. There's not a lot of articles. This little wiki page, I was like, very little additional information. Because that's definitely what I'm most curious about is, did this show, it feels like it, it easily could have had a laugh track. Like you're saying, all the pacing of the jokes are the same as a show without a laugh track. So either it had a laugh track and they decided at some point to take it out, or I'm thinking probably if it really is one of the first shows to, to be this brave, to just not have the laugh track, that they just didn't know any other way to make a show. They just made it the same as they make every show, just without the laugh track, which uh, I think I've brought this up before. But when uh, MASH came out on DVD, you could watch it normal or you could watch it with the laughs taken out. And it felt like this because it still had the pauses and the rhythms for the laugh track. But they yeah, were just. And that's what I found about this show. It's as if it's as if that laugh track needs to be in. But thank God it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't stand watching it with the laugh track. Yeah, it's a bit of a uh, a sort of shallow show. There's not much to it. The jokes weren't very funny, but it was yeah, way more tolerable just because at least <laughs> yeah, at least it's just kind of here's the situation. And there was a little bit of the uh where it sort of felt like maybe they did overexplain maybe to to counteract the lack of a laugh track. I mean, it had a narrator. That's very unusual. You know, <laughs> he's kind of explaining. It's almost like a Mutual of Omaha or something like a nature documentary. Like, oh, now observe the bachelor in his natural habitat. Oh, but now a difficult situation of his own making is about to arise. Let's watch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> where I feel like without the, with the laugh track, they probably wouldn't have needed to explain so much. Like, hey, dummies, this is funny. Make, it, make sure you know that even though there's no laugh track, this is supposed to be a comedy. But uh, yeah, so we have another episode and we're going to watch it. But I feel like we might not come back with further thoughts because I doubt there will be if there is something else to say we'll come back but but it seems like this is literally the show <laughs> this one little thing that this one situation that wasn't that funny to begin with and which already happened so is the boss just going to come over every single time oh absolutely in every episode he's going to come back <laughs> and in the future the guy and the girl who are supposedly married are going to fall in love that's how the show's going to end and, uh, and I know it's not a direct Simpsons reference, but just that the Simpson writers, you know, this was obviously the era they were watching TV as kids because they, they parody these types of situations all the time of just like, oh, no, the boss is coming over for, I got to make dinner, but I burned the roast, you know? <laughs> and the one, like that this whole guy is like, everyone else in his company is married and they have the pictures of their wives and their kids on their desks pointing toward the camera just so we're totally clear about the situation. And yet he just feels like he's not going to be able to advance because he's not a, a company or a family man. So I had to show you that clip from The Simpsons of when uh, Kirk Van Houten gets divorced and he loses his job at the Cracker Factory because crackers are a family business. And we don't know if single people eat crackers. Frankly, we don't want to know. It's a, it's a market we could do without. <laughs> you know? Like I feel like The Simpsons, even when they're not directly parodying something, they did such a good job of just taking the conventions of the era that they grew up in. And they're just like, what was all that? bs we watched as a kid it's so stupid <laughs> but but it is what it is uh so let's see the little the very little other information i could find the series first experienced good ratings tying at number 18 with 
The Man from Uncle, which I, I've never seen, but I do know that show. Check that out sometime. Another espionage show. It was like a Get Smart type of thing, wasn't it? Like a comedy? Not more, oh, no, it wasn't a comedy. Oh, really? It was serious? It was serious espionage. See, in the Cold War, there was one. And I we mentioned to you that I had been watching Mission Impossible. Same thing. Right. Big time espionage shows in the 1960s. I want to say just the 1960s. I don't know that they went into the 1970s. But um, that was the, the Cold War. That's what that was all about. And they were playing them big time. I just assumed because of the title that it was more of a get smart type of thing because I'm going to look it up real quick. Like, what does UNCLE stand for? Here we go. UNCLE was an acronym for the United Network Command for Law and Enforcement. So, yeah, it's like Dragnet or something, but it's got a stupid name. Anyway, that's uh, anyway. So this show initially was tied with that. But again, I've heard of Man from UNCLE. There's a Man from UNCLE remake movie. You know, <laughs> obviously things didn't stay at that level. So the series then fell to number 64 in the ratings after having to compete against ABC's popular series, The Invaders, which is why I asked you earlier if you'd ever heard of that, because I don't know what that is, and CBS staple The Red Skelton Show. Like, yeah, I'd watch Red Skelton all day long compared to, compared to this. Occasional Wife was canceled after one season. The series was also notable for being one of the first sitcoms to eliminate the use of the laugh track, which set the series apart from other sitcoms on at the time. Its practice of not using canned laughter has now become an industry standard with most modern-day single-camera sitcoms, which is true. And then it is also noteworthy that in 1967, the lead actor, Michael Callan, divorced his wife and married Patricia Hardy, his co-star on this series. So that's sweet? Yeah. Maybe they could make, uh, if they've remade this show, they could make it be one of those behind-the-scenes, you know, where about the actual guy falling in love with the girl on the show. Because that's the other thing that's weird. So he's got this fake wife, but the romantic tension, at least in the first episode, is virtually nil. It really is almost like an, an annoying business it's transaction. Nil, it's nil, but, but it's very predictable. Right. There's, they're definitely going to get together. I do, though. It's funny that that happens so often. You do hear those stories all the time of people meeting on film sets and stuff. And it's just funny that... I don't know why we would think like an actor or a famous person is somehow better or different than a normal person because they're really not. But it's kind of that easy, right? Like if you're with someone every day and your job is to stare longingly into their eyes and act, and then, you know, you're like, I'm, guess what? I'm divorcing my wife. Yeah. I'm marrying you, honey. <laughs> I've <dumped> the wife. <laughs> and I don't know where that went, but let's see if we click on the guy, Michael Callan. Let's see if we can figure out if he lived in Wedded Bliss. Or maybe he uh, got married to the person on his next show. Oh, he just recently passed away last year, aged 86. Personal life. Here we go. Oh, geez. Yeah, that didn't work at all. Okay, spouses. He was married to Carlin Chapman from 1960 to 1967. That's who he divorced to marry Patricia Hardy in 1968. Divorced 1970. Then he married Karen Maloof in 1975. Divorced her in 1984. So of his three failed marriages, this one was the most failed. <laughs> so, <laughs> Is that picture of him? He's got a cowboy hat on. He's probably one of those guys who kept showing up in shows like Bonanza. and Yeah, his, uh, his wiki page is quite long. A whole bunch of different stuff. Not like he was famous for any one, one thing that I can see. He was in Leprechaun 3. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Any other thoughts on this show? I mean, Not really, I I wouldn't get out of bed to watch it. 
yeah and even though i've got this one other episode so i mean yeah we'll watch it just in case <laughs> just in case it really takes off like a rocket in episode two but i think we'll probably wrap up the podcast here because i doubt that it will but uh but i guess this was again half of the point of doing these is just you know to learn weird stuff about tv history that i didn't know so it is interesting to kind of put a more firm date on when did they start getting rid of laugh tracks and obviously it was at least another 30 years before that practice really took hold but it's it is interesting that in 1966 somebody had the balls to try to do this and i mean it obviously didn't uh it wasn't a raging success which is probably why it took 30 more years for them. which is why this is an obscure show yeah for anyone yeah i wouldn't necessarily recommend this show though it is on youtube so it's easy if you're curious but if you do like the 1960s style because yeah we were saying how right away you see that lady she looks like gwen stacy i said spider-man's girlfriend from the 60s you know like the the hair and the the dress and you even mentioned like the go-go boots it's like 60s late 60s to a t the way this lady's dressed but if you do like that style and these kind of like because it was like this kind of thing that they like romance movies got really serious later on where the thing that's nice about this era is this idea of the light romantic comedy potentially with music and singing in it maybe that just kind of went away but if you do want a modern version of that that movie down with love with ewan mcgregor and renee zellweger i uh I remember liking it quite a bit. So that's what I would recommend if you're in the market for this type of thing. But yeah, for us, one more episode of The Occasional Wife. And uh, may God help us. 